Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissett. On this episode, we get to meet Swedish singer-songwriter El Perro Del Mar, aka Sarah Aspring. Sarah is certainly best known for her El Perro Del Mar moniker. She has been releasing music under that name for years now, and she has just put out her latest studio album called Big Anonymous on City Slang Records. In this chat, Sarah and I talk quite a bit, quite at length about Big Anonymous. It's a really enveloping world that she's crafted here on this album, and it felt like there was just sort of endless things to talk about with it. We get into the making of the record, the somewhat dark, sad, and personal themes and experiences behind it, as well as the theatrical origin of it, and also how it wound up being a bit more therapeutic to make than she really ever thought it would be. We talk about the subtle ways in which her music has become more political and pointed, as well as some of her lyrical techniques and how she constructs songs the way she does. We talk about how El Perro Del Mar has shapeshifted a bit over time, how she feels about life and her work these days, the pull between doing what people might want from her and just being the natural contrarian that she is, as well as the peculiar but oddly fitting choice to include a Burt Bacharach cover on this album. It's weird, but it works. We also talk about a lot more. It was a lovely chat with a super talented artist who I've been following for years, and it was such a pleasure to get to talk with her. So thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. This is me meeting El Perro Del Mar. Yes, I do. Good. Awesome. Well, hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Jeremy. I'm good. How are you? doing well uh thank you for coming around and hanging out for a little bit today thanks for having me yeah of course i was excited to uh to invite you because it's it's been a minute since the last um the last record so now here we are we should say right off the top uh the main reason for this occasion is that there is a new el perro del mar record coming out um called big anonymous it is coming out february 16th on city slang your your new home right right new label home uh so yeah yeah. so this is the first full-length record in 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 quite a few years um i think i'm correct in saying it's been five or six years since kokoro came out that's right okay so Mm. so now i know you've been busy since then doing a lot of other things that weren't necessarily albums but how are you sort of feeling in this space now with a actual record coming out right on the horizon i feel very happy it's uh it is like you said. It's been it's been a while though. I've I've made many albums um, uh, since since Kokoro, uh, but um, uh, it's it feels really really good to mm. uh, to see this coming out. It's also it's been it's been uh, it's been lying waiting for a while, uh, and it's strange because it feels even though that it has been sort of ready to be released for a while it feels like time has no time seems to to have no really hand on this record and i think it's because it's a quite special album i really feel like it's one of my best albums um so i'm really really excited yeah and it, it is it, 
it is a different kind of album for you, at least from mm-hmm. what, what most of us would expect from from you. Although I don't know why we expect any expect anything <laughs> from from Elvero Del Mar anyway. Right. Um, yes, no, which I- is kind of the fun, though, right? Like this record. You know, if if the last thing people heard from you was Kokoro, mm. they wouldn't necessarily be expecting this kind of sonic palette, this kind of sound palette or type of songwriting. True. That's true. Um, that's kind of part of the fun, though. It's like, you know, it's been a few years and this is yeah. what it sounds like now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, for me... Uh, if you missed the the mini albums that I released after Kokoro, I think mm-hmm. it there is a there is a, a a logic to to the to the develop development. I think, mm-hmm. but for sure there is a, definitely a, there is a new uh, a new thing going on um, about this album. Absolutely, I decided to really dive into the to the depths of this dark um existential questions really uh and i had to do it this this kind of way i feel like um uh without holding back anything of you know uh sentiments or fears of being too dark you know it really mm-hmm. had to go that far mm. yeah and you and and you say this record's been sort of ready for a while, I, I understand that it had origins a few years back in a uh, performance piece that you were uh, sort of commissioned for. Um, can you can you sort of mm-hmm. give us a little summary of of the gestation and the sort of the beginnings of the album and how we got to what we'll be hearing now in February? Yeah, exactly. It was written for the stage, and I think that that is part of why it sounds like it does, uh, mm-hmm. or why I decided to write music or my songs in that kind of way. I think um, there was a there was a, an opportunity to uh, to make uh, something for the stage, uh, for the Royal Dramatic Theatre in Stockholm, and I just knew that I had this in mind. I knew that I. I had this idea that I wanted to make something like this. I wanted to make something about death. And I had the opportunity to do it as a dance performance. Um, and then um, more or less, I just came to them with this idea. And um, I just had more or less 100% freedom to do whatever I wanted. Mm. And so I just took the chance. Uh, and also kind of without fear to <laughs> totally just threw myself into it and uh i that is also i feel like part of why big anonymous sounds the way it does it, it even though i see see the album as a completely separate thing to the the stage performance it 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 has of course that kind of daredevil kind of feel that i um that i had when i wrote the music um and so yes, it was staged uh, 2019, and then the pandemic struck just right. bef- after we had the performances. Uh, and then um, I knew that I had to uh, to record it and make an album of it. And then uh, that was made uh, as a separate, totally separate thing. Even though me and the musicians uh, had the the music within us having performed it already so the whole record is recorded live um from beginning to end 
and oh, wow. uh, and I feel like that is also very much part of the way that it sounds. Uh, and I think also for me, as in the way that I feel about this album, uh, as unique as it feels for me, I think that is also to do with how we recorded it. it there is a certain presence there that is um, hard to describe, really. Mm-hmm. It's as for me, it's almost kind of like there is a a presence of of something unexplainable there, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a special, yeah. it's a special recording. Yeah, I, I had not realized that it was recorded live, and I, I was listening to it mm-hmm. earlier today. Um, and yeah. that's, I mean, that's kind of amazing given the 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 scope and the depth of some of the sounds and the effects mm. and just the way it all flowed like that that is boggling my mind <laughs> yeah that's so cool yeah, yeah 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 no but i know it's um there was something really special about the the recording uh i had the opportunity to work with a sound engineer uh, whose name is daniel raymer and he had this idea of recording it all live and using microphones uh, set up in different places. We recorded in an old um, torpedo factory in Stockholm, uh, which had a lot of different rooms and very high ceilings. And so we set up uh, tons of different microphones that could pick up sounds from almost anywhere uh, while we were playing. And then we chose between different, the different uh, ambiences and the different, you know, natural reverbs and everything that was around, and uh, so everything is kind of run through through different layers of just uh, various microphones, and then um, just kind of played around with more or less. Hmm. Um, I mean, on the one hand, that's maybe not so surprising too, though, because it does have such a specific sense of space and of yeah. You know, like it's very enveloping. I mean, I, I wrote in my notes mm. as I was listening that the production on this record feels like so much more of a main character than maybe any other El Perro del yeah. record. Yeah, um, no. which is which is not you know not to negate um, songwriting or performance, but I feel like mm. never before on your records has the actual producing of the sound felt so mm. vital. I agree. I totally agree. I think I think it's because. Uh, having done it in this kind of back sort of backwards kind of way that mm-hmm. we performed it live first that's really for me i've never done that before but um it was i mean in the end i feel extremely lucky that that was done in that kind of way because having the music within within us in that kind of way is when we recorded the album is such a amazing thing to to be able to do and then also recording it live which is which is new for me and somehow I feel like, why didn't why didn't I do it sooner? You know, <laughs> uh, because I'm so used to being really nerdy and really a perfectionist, working with tons of uh, you know um, re- recording my vocals in a really really anal kind of way. And this mm-hmm. time I was doing one takes, and uh, that having that kind of um, focus uh and presence working with that kind of presence is was a really amazing feeling 
And you mentioned uh, when you were composing it initially, a lot of the inspiration came from those existential questions about about death. Um, mm. You know, it, are there other themes sort of operating here? I guess I'm wondering, like, what compelled you to this point for Big Anonymous? Uh, what compelled me uh, was really a very, very kind of personal uh, need in me that I had. I I'd lost a uh, two close family members throughout the years. And I really kind of felt that I, I, there was something with me that I couldn't really shake the, the feeling of needing uh, some feel of reconciliation and uh, um, yeah, a reconciliation really. Uh, there was something following me almost like I felt like I was haunted. Mm. And uh, the reason why I felt like, when I had the opportunity to write this as a stage performance, I just felt like maybe this will be, maybe this will be it for me. Maybe, maybe if I had the chance to do this, maybe this will be the way that I can sort of fabricate this, this scenery where I can have these conversations with someone who's not here anymore, ask questions that I want to ask and have this person who's not here with me or the persons who are not here with me anymore have them ask or say the things that I thought I'm thinking maybe that they would say, or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or what, what they want to want to say to me. Um, and that involves like personal things that were within our relationships, but also, I guess my thoughts on death, really, what mm -hmm. is death? What what is there? What's in the afterlife? Is there an afterlife? Are you still there? Uh, will I be there? Um, um, so, um, and an an extreme personal need that I had to kind of, um, I had to really do this, yeah, to kind of feel like I could move on. So it's, um, I think of it as an as an uh, as a journey into the underworld um mm. really is 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 death the big anonymous is that kind of what that title is pointing to yeah yeah mm. um so in the past i mean i kind of mentioned this already that you that you've dabbled in in a lot of different stylistic realms um you know sort of popular realms folkier realms uh, Kokoro is very world music influenced and sort of mm. um, sort of ancient folk music influenced. Um, mm -hmm. So, were those themes then what kind of drove you to this sonic palette, or was it more the other way around? I think uh, I always work very. I I, I think my my. Um, way of working is always that I react against something and. Mm. Uh, it's always been that way um, ever since my debut album. It was a very clear reaction against uh, um, what I felt was my uh, my first um, identity as a musician. And I felt like I had come into a, a halt and I couldn't really go anywhere with it. And I just had to kind of just break it all down and just you know part with everything that I had done previously in music and then just start all over 
really, really Dadaistically and almost kind of not using my natural singing voice to kind of free myself. And with Kokoro, I I had just had a baby and I tried to kind of get back into the the idea of making pop music again. And mm-hmm. I felt like, I think we, I felt like my idea was that we have, we had come into, started to come into this ultra commercial uh, ter- like world that we're in, that we're totally into now, you know, that is just a natural world we live in now. But for me, I just felt like, what I saw happening uh, back then in 2015, sort of, when I was writing that, um, I just felt like I can't be part of this. So it was really kind of uh, a reaction against commercialism, ultra-commercialism, and a kind of political stance as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started listening to pop music that I felt was extremely poppy music but that was had nothing to do with commercialism or um, business or you know uh, industry music industry uh, so for me I just wanted to make my sort of new pop music uh, mm-hmm. that I had like experienced or found you know that I find uh, when I you know traveled around YouTube really Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to. I want to have this kind of the a real kind of globalized idea of of what music can be. You know, mm-hmm. that is not Western at all. Um, so that's what I was trying to do. So it was, it wasn't. Uh, it was a reaction. <laughs> yeah, and now you know, Big Anonymous comes around, and it's it's almost ambient at times. It's. Mm. it's you know, it's it. I would never. I mean, maybe you would disagree with me. I don't think I'd call it a pop record. Um, no. I mean, there are some moments that are, you know, a little bit more beat driven or more upbeat. Um, the cover mm-hmm. song, for one, but it, yeah. it's all within the same universe of itself. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is not the this is not the pop record. <laughs> it's not a pop record, which is no, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope it's okay. I mean, yeah. that's how I feel. Uh, I hope that uh, my, you know, my presence and my lyrics still can convey some sort of, if not pop, then at least some kind of um, something that ties it together, that makes it, you know, that yeah, that ties it together to to kind of give the feeling at least of, of mm-hmm. something that. Um, pop music in, in in some kind of way at least um, well i mean but, but yeah it, it's ambient for sure one of the things that i've always appreciated a lot about el Perro del mar um from a songwriting point of view is even at your you know quote-unquote poppiest or catchiest or most you know whatever radio friendly sound you've had you still have mm-hmm. this um sort of I don't I don't know what to call it but you're lyrically lyrically you 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 focus a lot on motif and repetition mm. and yeah. sort of finding those those phrases or maybe it's just one verse and you kind of just cycle it and 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 you yeah. try to re- maybe reveal a little bit more from it each time and yeah. and you know I'm I am curious is that uh, is that always how you've written songs is that just sort of come naturally to you because it isn't actually that's not actually like what most mainstream pop does. Like, yes, pop is repetitious, but 
<clears throat> you, I mean, a lot of your songs, some of your best songs, I think even it's just a few lines, you know? Yeah, right. And that, that's always been one of those tricks, I guess, or tools of yours that I've always appreciated. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think it was very important for me when I kind of, when I came up with my song kind of songwriting technique, it was at, at the time when I started writing music under my name, El Perro del Mar, or what became El Perro del Mar, really, I had no idea it would become El Perro del Mar. But I started <laughs> writing these kind of music or lyrics after having been silent for almost a year and not making music at all and, and not singing, which I've always done before. I had always been singing, but I just turned mute. And then I felt like I'm, when I slowly started, like, getting closer to to an instrument like when i started to really kind of daring to come closer to an to an instrument and started playing i felt like i'm op i'm opening my mouth when i have something to, when i have something important to say mm -hmm. and only then will i open my mouth and so i just kind of especially when i started playing the guitar i just played the same chord you know structure over and over and over in a very kind of artistic kind of way. I guess I have that kind of thing about me. Uh, but it, it it also had it also had this kind of really important um, meaning to me that it had to be a kind of comforting, consoling importance. Um, and I guess it's that's what it that's what it is about. I guess the, the mm -hmm. whole motif, you know, repetitious thing. It I have to until it doesn't hurt anymore. Or until I'm consoled, uh, I can stop repeating it. And um, it also goes back to me having grown up, I think, with blues. Uh, my father played a lot of blues music, like old, really old um, blues musicians to me, like Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters. And, you know, um, and uh, I think I kind of got that from that. Uh, yeah. I understood it as a way of kind of uh, consoling, comforting exorcism, if you want, uh, you know. And I think for me, it's, I realize that this, this is my, this is my technique. This is, a, it's a deep psychological thing for me because it, it, it means, it means a lot to me. And it's, it's the only natural way for me to, to be true, I think, to my songwriting. And yeah. if I, if I, done it in any other way it wouldn't feel true i think so um it's the way that i do it and i also of course i uh i was crazy about spaceman three and spiritual mm -hmm. so it, it also kind of cement was cemented that uh, back then also in in that kind of way but i guess that also goes back to the blues tradition yeah no that makes sense mm. um so let's get into some of the songs um yeah, I, I, you know, I, I found it interesting a few minutes ago when you mentioned how you were maybe trying to go against with Kokoro anyway. You were trying to go against mm -hmm. the, the sort of Western idea of pop music, um, mm -hmm. and then here with Big Anonymous, uh, as of yes. uh, the date, as of the date we're recording this anyway, um, mm -hmm. the single from the record is in silence. Yeah, which is not poppy and at all. And yeah. and is actually right. one of the slowest, spaciest songs on the album. Um, yeah. 
it is it did kind of tickle me that that was the lead single. <laughs> the um, first single. Yeah. What how did that like choice what why did that one make sense to usher us into this world? <laughs> You know, um, I'm glad I have an uh, I I have a record label that agrees with me. You know that <laughs> we, we seem to be really much in agreement with this, like with every decision that we make. And I think actually that perhaps the choice of single was theirs, mm. the first single. And I was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, as um, this is a story, this is a, a journey. As I said, I think that. In that way, it kind of still holds on to the performance thing because it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And so the the record from beginning to end has tells this story. It's the hero's journey, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and in silence is part of the first act. And so you have to kind of to have the the listener understand the um, the story, you have to kind of start from the beginning. And so I think that was a huge part of why we chose to have in silence be the first single you have to like what is this about and i also was really kind of excited by you know starting having you know not made a like you said an album in a while uh i felt like it was a really good um way to kind of start coming back with the with the first sentence, what's so important about time? Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what what I felt like was really like tingling, <laughs> you know, to kind of like what's so important about time? Um, no, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was what I was thinking. It was a little bit of a fun thing, but also, you know, I'm a contrary person, so I like to kind of startle people. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. in, in silence was the first single, but we did hear, um, in a different form a few years back, the, the please stay, uh, Burt Bacharach right. cover, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, I didn't know this until the other day, but made popular mostly by the drifters decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so it does seem from the outside, like a peculiar choice for this record or even for a record that sounds like this, or it doesn't really mm. sound like a peculiar choice for an El Perro de Mar record, but <laughs> for this one, I was like, oh, wow, that's like a surprising choice. And then I got to it and, yeah. and it, it does kind of make sense um, yeah. to me. So why did, how did you, like, how did you know, because you had already done this song, how did you know, like this one had yeah. to be on the record? Why does it, why does it fit here? Yeah, because uh, this song was actually what, got me into doing this whole this whole work this whole performance this mm. whole album this was uh i'm i was totally in love with that version and um i started thinking about what if this is not a love song what if this is not a traditional love song what is what if this is someone actually begging someone who's dead not to leave mm. you know or someone who's about to die not to leave what if what if this is about you know uh life or death um and so this was actually the starting point of the whole writing of the uh, the music for this album and for the performance so um it is um 
it's it, it really kind of encapsulates everything about the whole album i feel like um mm. it's the the kind of timelessness that i you know that i feel like is part of of el Mar, i think what i've always been in love with like the 50s 60s uh very kind of romantic romantic um sound you know that i really just that poppy sound that i am so so in love with and always will be mm-hmm. uh and then i just felt like what if i turn this uh this whole in this whole sound and this whole idea into something that is quite morbid you know mm-hmm. um and then then this uh whole idea just continued and and kind of yeah developed out of that and it's funny too because sorry go ahead (laughs) no so please stay is kind of the center of everything in this album somehow Mm. um i was just gonna say i think i think it's it's funny too that it you know the 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 drifters version and older pop music like that you know kind of the Mm. girl group style um Mm. that's kind of in your version for a moment you know, like yeah. it is, it yeah. is there in the beginning of your, of the cover on Big Anonymous. Um, yes. It sounds almost like this warped tape from decades ago. Right. And then it, it kind of gets ushered back in, into the now. So yeah, that was an interesting contrast. Yeah. It's being dragged. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's in, in, it's in the underworld. It's in the underworld. It's yeah, being, uh, being played in the underworld and, uh, it's uh, it's um yeah it's being um distorted by the hands of death somehow mm. you know mm. it's almost like uh it's almost like very darkly funny that mm-hmm. <laughs> that this song right. is being like subverted into into being about something totally different and totally serious too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But i i mean i totally I felt like that because it's also kind of the relationship that I've always had with Burt Bacharach's music. Mm. I remember when I was younger and I couldn't really understand his music. I was really like, this is so cheesy and sugary and has nothing to do with real life until I kind of understood, you know, the meanings behind it. And I understood that, yes, there is something else going on here. Uh, And that's also why I, Come, you know, I, I really came to really appreciate Burt Bacharach's music, and that's also why I feel like I didn't hear the Drifters' version until quite, you know, later on. And then I really kind of like, oh wow, someone really got this. I think it was Joe Meek who produced uh, that song, which is kind of, yeah, it, it it's also quite telling because it mm. has this kind of really bizarreness into it, this Lynchy kind of air to it which I'm totally in love with as well. So, yeah. um, mm. yeah, I can see, I can see the, the slightly Lynchian aspect of some of these mm. songs. So that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. the other song I wanted to touch on was, uh, between you and me, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was one line that stuck out, which I think is, I think is the refrain. Um, it's not you haunting me. It's my mind disturbing peace. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize something like, oh, you know, a lot of this album is about these cycles of being haunted, um, mm-hmm. both by people who've passed away, but also just by our interests and our passions and the memories that we can't forget. And right. um, 
how do you think these like have these cycles of of being haunted by something always intrigued you and you know because i feel like that's kind of a universal truth that we can all listen to a mm. song like this and say oh yeah no, mm -hmm. me, me too you know mm -mm. god yes i think mm -hmm. that's a really kind of um super super big part of my personality and uh, sometimes a big problem for me but I think when I uh, when I use it in my writing and music, it's a gift or it's a it's a it's a good thing. I can sort of um, transcend it into something else. But in in daily life, it might be a problem, um, and especially when it comes to to this subject, when it comes to um, grief and um, letting go. Yeah. Uh, so I have this tendency to kind of, you know, I'm a sucker for melancholy. I, I really kind of, you know, I, I really, I love the feeling of being touched, you know, and being, yeah. you know, feeling like I, I, I get this higher sense of being alive when I, when I get, when I get that feeling. So it's also part of, I feel like the, the replaying, I think of, of sentiments. Um, well, there's something so moving about, witnessing human emotion and feeling yeah. you know the most base level of human emotion like i i always tell people and i i mean i don't mean it in the way they always think i do but like i kind of love when people cry because mm. yeah. there's something just so beautiful about it and something so moving about it and and that is yeah. uh, there's very few i think experiences that are more human feeling than that i agree that was yeah. very beautifully put. Uh, it brings, I mean, immediately it brings you together. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's such a, a, a extremely like powerful and strong um, connecting in that. But I feel like with with that song, I feel like when it gets to a point where, like, with what I felt with this, the need that I had in me. That I really actually felt like I have a need to to say goodbye now. Like I feel like I have to say goodbye to this ghost. Mm. And maybe it's like like what I said when it wasn't a real like um, understanding that maybe it's not maybe it's not you who's haunting me. Maybe I'm the one who's unable to part with you. That's why you're still here. And um, when that kind of um, replaying or cycling of of emotions tend to kind of become destructive i just uh, felt like i have to make i have to find a way to to stop it and i feel like writing that song kind of made me understand that i think i understood it as i wrote the song actually mm. um um there are a lot of like uh, feelings that I kind of got to understand or came to terms with writing this album. Um, it sounds like it was maybe even the, a little bit more cleansing and therapeutic than you thought it would be. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I thought yeah. maybe it was, I, I, yeah, because you can go into uh an idea of writing something that is very, you know, that is going to be very difficult or very personal uh, or yeah, because it's, 
yeah, it is a deeper, very much deeper psychological meaning to it than just writing songs. Um, but I also have this, as I have this kind of, as it was a project very much, and I had the deadline, I had to kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, stay to or stick to. Uh, it felt also, I felt like I was doing a commission, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I also had to kind of have that kind of professional um, uh, relation to it. So I probably kind of distanced myself and just made this commission in the way that I felt like I had to. And I think that maybe I wasn't aware that it would be that powerful yeah. As it turned out to be. So we've talked a lot about how much this album feels very much maybe a little bit new uh stylistically or thematically even or or structurally. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if we look back 20-ish some odd years to the first couple El Perro de Mar records, mm -hmm. um, you know, what would you say? what have you noticed or felt are some of the biggest differences in you as an artist now versus back in the beginning? Oh, wow. That's a good question, actually. That's been so, I mean, I've, um, first of all, so much has happened in my life since then. And also so much has happened to the world since then. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the dreams and the ambitions that I had back then are different to the dreams and ambitions that I have now. Um, um, I think my my idea about making pop music maybe absolutely is one of the biggest. Um, I always felt I I always thought that I would want to make pop music. But now since pop music and the industry and the pop music business and the music business has changed so much, I feel like um, I've drawn more and more towards something more um, uh, experimental and mm -hmm. uh, perhaps not as uh, easy listening as making pop music, I think. I want to make something that is closer to art, I think. Than, mm -hmm. uh, than just making pop music. When I when I get when when someone asks me what I do or what kind of music I make, I've always said I make pop music. <laughs> and now when I say that, I feel like it's not true anymore because people's <laughs> idea of pop music is so much different than it used to be. Yeah. I don't know if that's in in my mind, but I think it's you know I think it's true. Um, and um, yeah, I think that my idea of what kind of music that I, you know, aspire to do and do at the moment is different uh, than what I, you know, what I thought back then. Um, I really, I've started writing film music and I've um, made music for dance and stuff like that. I feel like that is something that I want to do more because it gives me a higher sense of um, Dignity, to be honest, mm. uh, and a higher sense of value for myself. Um, so um, 
do you think find, do, I also, do you find it easier to like go with your instinct now than you would have 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Uh absolutely. I think that definitely yeah. It, it's a part of of aging, I think, and I'm really happy to kind of have, you know, come to that place in my life to feel that. Yeah. I've I've always kind of been intrigued to hear older people say that things do get easier, some things do get easier. And I think that's, you know, part of like what I feel creatively, I feel like that is true. You have a, a whole kind of, a whole other sense of of uh, a fundament, I think, that you that is just there because you've earned it through through years of working. Um, but um, yeah, it's Can a you... tricky question because it, it entails so much. I know um, <laughs> it's probably yeah. not. A, it's probably not a totally <laughs> fair question. <laughs> no, but it's a good thing to 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 think about as well. I think for myself. Mm. Yeah, and and you mentioned your film work. I know you've done some film scoring. Um, mm. I actually had in my notes a question towards the end because I always have these random questions as I'm finishing my notes. Um, mm. If this new album was like a score for a film today, like who do you think would be directing that film? Mm. Who matches this world? Oh, wow. Who matches this world? <laughs> I'm in love with Lars von Trier. Um mm. I don't know if he yeah maybe he could be the he could be the person. That kind of uh, makes sense. He's not a he's not afraid of going to dark places. God uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um Michael Haneke there are a lot maybe. Of, Michael Haneke, oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh but there is a sort of you know I actually I am also making a film to go with the the album and okay. uh uh the directors that we mentioned are kind of a big inspiration <laughs> for that mm. film. So yeah, there is a film, a short film that that will be uh, released alongside the album. I look forward to seeing that. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I was wondering, you know, if you could get a scoring job for any filmmaker, like who some of your filmmakers would be that you'd love to score for, but it sounds like maybe mm. we, we know some. <laughs> Yeah, no, there are a ton, ton of different directors that I would love to work with, uh, mm. of course. Um, yeah. So with Big Anonymous coming out in February, we'll say it again, February 16th on City Slang. Um, are there intentions to tour any of this material? There are, yes, absolutely. Okay. I will be touring. Do you think it will be tricky to or maybe you're not going to um sort of blend older material with the newer material that's a good question i haven't really decided yet. i use I, I i tend to be quite um um i usually don't want to blend older stuff because i mm -hmm. have this you know i'm so much into you know my world of the current album that i'm touring with or playing or uh, and it used it usually is quite hard for me to kind of think or see that older material will you know be a part of that but yeah you know i i also being a contrary person i also sometimes have to force myself into not being that and, pro and you know try to give people what they want and maybe <laughs> i 
to do it this time. I feel like I might have to, to, you know, to, I have to maybe also please people. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, uh, they're, I know, I get it. The, this world uh, that, you've, that you've crafted with Big Anonymous is is quite specific in particular. Yeah, um, it is. So, I, you know, you'd probably have to see what would work within it. Yeah. And, and that would take some, 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 some conscious uh, discovering, I suppose. Exactly. That's yeah. what it had to. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, uh, there could be ways to do it um, that would still not affect the the albums, the album songs. But mm-hmm. I'm still working it out. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, well, mm. excited. I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can attest that it is, it's a, it's beautiful. It's, it's very involving. It's a very, like, it's, I think it's about 48 or so minutes long. And I just was like yeah. sitting there, I was just sitting there just listening to it. Cause it is very involving. Um, and it's nice sometimes to, to hear a record that is a whole record, you know, that feels <laughs> like it, should be an album because you know kind of to go with what some of what you were saying so much so so much is just the singles now are the streaming little bits and pieces now so it's nice to hear yeah. an album that gives you a full scope of something right right yeah yeah, yeah I, I love that you're saying that I, I wasn't I mean I wasn't uh, consciously thinking like I could I, I could have done that consciously thinking that I yeah. have to make an album that is an album, but it it it, it was not a, a conscious decision. Decision. The album wanted it in itself, so yeah, it's it was the only way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the new El Perro del Mar record, Big Anonymous, is out February sixteenth on City Slang. Thank you very much, Sarah, for taking some time Thank to you. hang out today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Take care. Likewise, you too. Thank you.